Hello. Welcome to What She's Thinking. I'm Greg Schwartz, your dating coach. Men like you have sent in questions about dating and sex. I have a group of women that are going to answer your questions, and I'll help clarify their answers so you hear exactly what these women want and why. Send in your questions at debugdating.com questions. And remember, subscribe so you can hear all of the episodes. This is an older recording, so apologies for the somewhat lower audio quality and some bits of background noise. I've since upgraded my microphone setup, so you will not hear nearly this much noise ever again. But I still wanted to share it with you because there's some really great insights in both this episode and the next one, which is of course the second half of the interview. So bear with me on the noise in the background that happens a couple of times, and Are you in the San Francisco Bay Area? I'm hosting two VIP online dating deep dives. Each of them has a max of eight people, so I can give you personal attention. Last month, I held one of these in Los Angeles, and not only got rave reviews for the deep dive, but also got great feedback from the people that attended, saying that they had already, just after a couple of days, seen a dramatic improvement in their online dating. So during each VIP session, Here's what we'll do. First, we'll debug your profile. We'll remove a lot of the common mistakes that I see in your photos, in your profile, in your messages, all of that. Second, we'll determine how to recognize the match that you're really looking for. And third, we'll upgrade your profile to attract that match instead of women in general, which of course means it's much more attractive to the women that you want. The San Francisco VIP deep dive is Monday, April 1st at 7 p.m. And on Monday, April 8th, also at 7 p.m., I'm doing another VIP deep dive in the South Bay. So if you found this podcast useful and helpful, and if you're serious about getting your online dating working, go to debugdating.com VIP and grab your ticket before they're gone. Now, ladies, please introduce yourselves. So I'm R, and I'm 36, and I'm a writer and self-employed. I am a former sex worker, which means I have a lot of context in terms of working with men's different sexual desires, but also navigating a lot of female-male relationships to power itself. Um, I actually really enjoy being single. Um, I've only had maybe a few major relationships in my life. Um, I find that I'm much more focused on relating to my friends and really building those friendships as I get older. And so a man really has to be really amazing to kind of take me away from spending time with my closest friends. Yeah, and I was in one taste for seven years. I also have, I feel like I have to brag about my intelligence a bit. Um, I also have a master's degree in philosophy. um, And I'm really proud of that because I think it really helps me kind of gauge the fact that I can be really intellectual or I can be like really kind of soft and feminine and not argue about Aristotle at the same time. I'm S, I'm 27. I am a very outgoing person who enjoys singing and performing and making people laugh, and I'm really silly. I was kind of a serial monogamous for a minute, and then I was poly for like a couple years. Now I don't know what I am. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what the fuck I am. But. I've always kind of been, like, a go-with-the-flow kind of person. Like, I'll just, like, if it makes sense to be, like, Mm non-monogamous and I feel safe in that, then, like, I would consider it. But lately, I've been leaning more towards at least monogamish or monogamous 
But yeah, I've been single and it's been good. And I am a professional matchmaker. So I've worked in the dating space for like four years now with my own business. So I have a lot of perspective in like about like dating in the Bay Area. I'm G. I'm 26. Uh, I've been in the Bay Area for one year now. I would say I'm a pretty extroverted introvert. I've been single for about five years. I've been pretty disenchanted by dating, but still getting out there. I was a serial monogamist from the age of 15 to maybe 22. Three long-term relationships, just back to back. Now I've been single for, I guess, five years. I moved to the Bay Area one year ago. Where did you move from? I moved from uh, D.C. Oh, okay. And I lived in Philadelphia for a bit, so just East Coast. East Coast, got it. Yeah. I'm a very visual person. I, yeah, I'm very, um, I kind of put my artistic parts of my personality into everything that I do. I play piano. I don't know. Any help here? You play piano. You love to draw and doodle. You like to make videos about makeup. You like to do other people's makeup. Yeah, I would say I'm very artistic and visual and I appreciate kind of the detail in everything. And like, you know, I notice the very small and intricate things in uh, in art and in my interactions with people. My life is where I'm creative in all aspects of it. Um, and even in the mundane things, I'll find a way to put some sort of creative spin on it. What's a good first date activity? What's one that is boring or overdone? What's one that you'd be excited by? I feel bored by getting a drink. Yeah, I find that uninteresting. <laughs> it's just not very creative. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it also assumes that people drink. Like, I've mm-hmm. been sober for 15 years, and mm-hmm. I think it's kind of strange that the norm is assuming that people would drink. I think that's changing. Um, yeah. yeah. So what would be a better option besides drink? I think that doing when you go on a first date, doing something that is it requires uh, some level of movement is a good idea. When you're walking, you know, if you are going to get a drink, at least, you know, take it to go and then, or, you know, take a tea to go and walk mm-hmm. around because then it can kind of help, you know, loosen things up and make people less nervous mm-hmm. and you can, you know, talk about your surroundings. I also find that it's a good idea to do first dates where the guy feels confident doing whatever like the activity is one in which he feels confident so for example if you're going rock climbing if i go rock climbing with you and you've never gone rock climbing before and this is my first impression of you yeah and you're not dope at it (laughs) then i'm probably gonna think a little bit less of you right just naturally even if that's not my intention necessarily yeah. I like the walking idea. I've seen that mm-hmm. every relationship I've ever been in has always started with us going on a walk. Like that was our first date every single yeah. time. That's a really mm-hmm. sweet idea. Yeah. That's a very fun first date. It is. It is. Cool. So what's the best way to get consent? Explicit, direct, a bit more nuanced. I mean, tell us how you tell us yes. Wait, you mean consent in dating, like asking someone out as consent? No, more like... like you're on a date and you want to give them a kiss or maybe you want to put your arm around them. I see. But, you know, that's sort of consent, not necessarily 
uh, I'd like to do anal. How about right. you, you know, like that kind <laughs> Not of. Not that face. <laughs> that, that's the next question. <laughs> I think you can be explicit, but also smooth at the same time. What's an example of that? I think a lot of it is in the authenticity with which the person speaks. You know, it's an interesting thing because sometimes I'll, when I'm talking to other women about this, they'll say that they don't find it sexy when a guy asks if he can kiss them beforehand, which I don't know. I think that's a little bit unfair. You know, I mean, there, there can be I guess there can be really dorky ways to do that. You know, yeah. can I kiss you? You know, I, uh, I don't know. But there's cute ways you could do it, too. You know, it's I think it's it's less about what you're asking and more the fact that you're asking, A, and B, that there's an authenticity to it and a sincerity because women pick up on that, mm-hmm. like, really easily. You know, we can see if you say, hey, I, you know, you look us in the eye and you say, hey, I would really like to kiss you right now. And you say it like that in a sincere way. I think that that's cute. And I think it just overcomplicates it when you say, I don't think it's hot when a guy asks me first. Okay, so you expect him to just, you know, know everything. You know, I think that overcommunication is better, even yeah. if it's a little less yeah. sexy. Yeah, although I, f- I feel like what gets tough is that there are some people who are so – sometimes men are so misattuned that that's when it's like they actually can't be authentic, right? Because they're actually not even attuned with themselves. And so they're asking from this place where, like, it's actually really off, right? Like, mm. I've had this experience where someone's asking to kiss me, but it's obvious that we're not even connected, right? Mm. And mm. so to me, it's also a moment of, like, how can men be authentic to themselves, but also, like, be present? Sometimes mm. people are like, I want, you know, can I kiss you? But it's coming again from this place where they're not even in connection with you. Yeah. Um, and that's where I found it to be just, like, this, that's a weird question. Like, we're not even connected right now. Like, why is that even something you would ask? Um, did he not feel connected or did you feel that he wasn't connected to you? I felt he wasn't connected to me at all. Okay. And so he was asking that. But if he'd been present at all, he would have noticed that, like, I felt uncomfortable or that I was, like, actually my body language was clearly, like, I'm not interested in connecting. Like, we're not attuned. We're not in the same place. Mm-hmm. So I think that's actually why consent is so amazing is it is like gets you out of into a reality check, right? Of like what's real here. But sometimes it's like really different when someone's asking, but it is really off. Mm. Um, and sometimes I'm shocked of like, you have to even ask like, no, we're not even like, we're barely, ha- we barely said hello. I don't even know you. Like that's a weird thing to ask type of thing. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. But that could just be some mi- really misattuned men that I've met. Um, Do you think he felt connected to you no that's what i think is so interesting i don't think he knew and realized that we were i think this is the whole aziz azari thing to me right sorry hang on let me let me clarify yeah what i mean is do you think he thought he felt connected to you because i get you didn't feel that no i don't think he felt connected at all i think that was his way actually of kind of like superseding and trying to get connected Ah, okay but I think that was where the misattunement was. That makes like, a lot of sense. He wasn't feeling like he he didn't feel connected either, but he thought somehow physical connection would create connection. And that was like, yeah. there's no way that this is going to help the situation right now. It's already okay. awkward and uncomfortable. A kiss is not going to make this better. Gotcha. Yeah, thing. that makes sense. <laughs> so in that sense, it kind of sounds like instead of using a kiss, which can be a super intimate mm-hmm. thing, 
as a way to bridge connection. Maybe you could do something that is still physical, but has a lot less intensity to it. You can kind of test her out a little bit, you know, and see how she responds to just touching her on the hand, you know, things like that. I don't know. I'm just thinking if I were on a date, it's much easier for me to receive a guy trying to like, you know, touch me on the hand and say and read me in that way Mm -hmm. than to just say, hey, can I kiss you? You know, it's it's kind of it's this huge jump and you kind of have to warm up by like, you know, trying to see how she what she thinks. Just see what she thinks of you touching her shoulder first before Mm -hmm. you go and kiss her. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I think I like a gentle approach to and maybe considering if there's already a connection there, asking in an authentic way, oh, you know, can I kiss you? Or a gentle suggestion like, oh, how about a kiss on the cheek? If just kind of, you know, giving some room and some way to gauge where she's at. So following that vein, what's a way you like to create connection on a date? Or I should say, what's a way you'd like him to create connection on a date? Ask me questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that seems like kind of a no-brainer, but I find that that's a skill that doesn't always come naturally on first dates because when people are uncomfortable, right, they often will just kind of talk about themselves naturally. Or Right. So I, I found that most men, when they ask me a question, it's suddenly that moment of like, oh, they want to create connection with me. Like that feels really good. And then follow-up questions to the question, too. Yeah. I feel like that's also right. key, right? Like, oh, no, they really care. Because if it if it feels kind of like a back and forth, sometimes there's a back and forth that feels more flowy, and that's fine. But sometimes it kind of feels like I asked you a question, so therefore you should ask me a question, and then mm-hmm. I should ask you a question. And that doesn't, that has an authenticity mm-hmm. to it as well. So I think the follow-ups questions that's where you're like oh oh you're actually interested <laughs> yeah it's like oh you actually okay. care where i'm from and what i do you know yeah. so <laughs> so you're saying more of a like where are you from oh i've never been there what's that like what was it like growing up there rather than where are you from where'd you go to school what kind of music <laughs> yeah that, rapid that, fire that's yeah. the distinction you're making right mm-hmm. yeah perfect i think uh showing vulnerability and not to say it has to be you know really intense right away but even just like a little openness and showing that to me that's a that definitely sparks connection yeah it's so sexy when a guy is actually like i'm a little nervous yeah yeah that gets me every time i'm like oh really Like, oh my God, you already are like just yeah. letting those walls down. Like, I don't have to fight any egoic yeah. space in that first few minutes. It's such a relief, yeah. you know. Listeners, that got some really lit up smiles oh, like, on their swoon. faces. Like, that wasn't yeah. just a, you know, that's nice. That was, oh, that's nice. Yeah, I'm breaking tension to me. I love that. That's an icebreaker for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and the kind of like looking at you just a little bit too long not longer than that because then it's like all right stop looking at me but just a tiny bit too long where it's like oh you're kind of checking me out aren't you you know and then it's like okay you know there's kind of this oh yeah you see me and you know having a a smile while they're looking at you you know kind of like oh, I'm into you, you know, and showing that. I think that's really what it is, what you're saying, Mm -hmm. you know, with the I'm nervous. Mm -hmm. It's just that vulnerability. Yeah. So as I'm sure all the guys just yelled at their their phones or computers (laughs) or whatever they're listening to, what's too long? Like, how do I know when it's 
just the right amount of time and not too long so it becomes uncomfortable. To stare at someone? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't I don't know if there's like a a quantified amount that you should stare at someone. I think it's kind of hard. I think it's there's there's definitely a level of intuition to it, but I think it's just enough that she notices the moment she notices that you're looking at her, that's when you stop looking at her. Just enough so she sees that you checked her out and then you stop looking. <laughs> I don't know. What do you guys think? That's how I would. Are you talking about like on a date? Um, yeah, I guess I was just thinking on a first date, you know, when you're trying to make a first impression and you're trying to, you know, let the person know that you like them and make them feel special, you know. Well, I'd hope they'd look at me the whole time. Like, I would hope that we'd have eye contact right. the whole date. But I'm, I'm talking <laughs> about times in between conversation. Right. So, I mean, when you're talking to somebody, yes, it's you want to be looking them in the eyes. Right. But those moments when, you know, you're taking the money out of your wallet and then you look up at them while you're, you know, trying to get the ice cream and then they kind of give you a smile and they look at you just a tiny bit long. You know, like those kinds of moments in between conversation where it's like, oh, this is going well, you know, Mm -hmm. They're nodding right now. I don't know if you're <laughs> nodding. Can you hear it? <laughs> I think I have no opinion. I think that's Fair enough. Fair <laughs> what are your languages of love? I'm physical touch, for sure. And quality time. Actually, quality time is usually my number one, and physical touch is usually number two. Although I was also going to ask if you read, um, I read the sexual love languages one, which I thought was even better. I Someone rewrote the Gary Chapman version because it's less Christian version of it. Obviously, it's about sex. And I really like that one better than the love languages one. Yeah. Do you know them off the top of your head? Um, One of them, uh, God, yeah, what were they? That's a good question. I just always remember mine, um, which is sensuality, you know, which is actually, like, similar to physical touch, where it's like, in order to be turned on, I need to have someone touch me. Hmm. Some of them were actually more, like, energetically aligned like if someone feels more emotionally attuned right they're turned Mm -hmm. on or um one is like kind of physical like penetration type of turned on Mm -hmm. um yeah i wish i could remember them i just kind of found mine in the quiz and then just like only read mine i was like at this point i don't know that i care what anyone else's is i just really need to make sure i know mine well enough Mm -hmm. (laughs) i don't see uh, i guess i found one on Live fun, desire, pleasure, patience, and acceptance no. slash celebration. No, it's a book. Oh, um, okay. I don't. Yeah, know. it's actually a book about like the four sex languages or four sex love languages or something like that. Cool. Um, okay. Sounds yeah. interesting to it's look really up. It's really interesting. I took us off there. Anybody else? Your <laughs> love languages. Yeah, your top one or two or three. I would say top um, acts of service and physical touch. Those are probably my top two. Words of affirmation and physical touch. Mm. We're all touchers. Yeah. <laughs> After we match, if you don't respond the first time I send a message, should I send another? Probably not. Unless you've got something great uh, to follow up with. <laughs> if, if it's just like a, hey, like, remember me? Uh, mm-mm. <laughs> yeah, okay. I think that it's okay to send a follow-up message. It's I'm pretty much in alignment with what she said. It's uh I think it's okay in the sense that online dating platform we are we already get so many notifications on 
all these other platforms we have and then adding an online dating platform and then all of these dudes messaging you it's it can be good to have a reminder but kind of in alignment with what she said you know if you're going to send a follow-up message make it at least remotely interesting and something that's easy to respond to so that it doesn't you know we don't know you yet we don't want to put in too much effort we don't know who you are so make it really easy to respond to and not super lame and boring. <laughs> yeah, I was saying that if, I won't respond if someone doesn't even ask me a question the first thing, right? There's, mm-hmm. They're just like, hi. Mm-hmm. So it would make sense to follow up if you just said, hi, <laughs> then maybe follow up with a question or like yeah. something to establish relationality Yeah. in some way. Yeah, that's definitely something I talk about in my coaching <laughs> a lot. So I totally hear you. Um, I am curious. You said, you know, the nuance of make it easy to respond. So what does that look like for you? What makes it easy to respond? I would say for me, uh, having some sort of plan or like a specific reason to go along with the message, like, you know, hey, there's this spot, like, you know, I have this date idea, essentially, like make it happen. Um, That to me is easier to respond to than say like trying to continue small talk um or even deep talk (laughs) i don't want to have deep talk with you on a platform when i've never met you before right (laughs) yeah people you know they spend so much time oh and how was your day and what do you i don't care how your day i don't know who you are take me off the platform yeah get off the platform platform as soon as possible Yeah. Definitely. Yes. Yes. So what kind of aggressiveness do you like in a man and what kind is scary? Well, I think discerning between what is aggressive and what is assertive would be a a key thing in this case for me to understand what I would want because I appreciate assertiveness when Mm -hmm. someone's like, I'm interested in you. Let's go on a date. They follow up. There's like a consistency and assertiveness. I don't know if there's any aggressiveness that I like in a man. What's the distinction for you? What's the difference? Um, aggressiveness actually feels very much like um, like there isn't really a point to it. Like assertiveness is like I have a goal and I'm working towards it, whereas aggressiveness like takes the goal too far. Hmm. Like it's okay. almost as like such an attachment to a goal. Or, I mean, I know we, we all get aggressive or whatever, but I, I guess when I think about aggressiveness, the only place I would even like it where it's a little more rough would be in bed. But like in everyday relating, if someone's aggressive to me in their communication, that's it. That's the end of it. I think this was, I'm trying to remember. I think this was about sex. So I would say then in the bedroom specifically. Okay. But a lot of these are anonymous. In fact, almost all of them are. So I don't know the context all the time, but I'm going to guess it this was meant around sex, not okay. around, <laughs> not around like, walking uh, up to you on totally. the street or I'm something. Like, uh, yeah, no, no, no. They steal. Totally. Exactly. I don't, I don't think there's a confusion around that. <laughs> okay. Just so you're yeah. like, take my purse. They're aggressive. Yeah. Taking my purse. And then <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm not no. interested in that type of aggression. <laughs> so in the bedroom or I guess, you know, physically, sexually, like that, I think is more what they meant. I guess it kind of goes back to the consent piece because if it's aggressive, it can kind of feel like it's coming from his own desire, which is fair. He has his own desire and that's fine. But when it's assertive, it feels like you're acknowledging both people in the context. 
And so I guess it's kind of like asking, do you like this? You know, every now and then to kind of check in with the person to make sure that and, and you can you can do it. It doesn't have to be in a way that's insecure. You know, it doesn't have to be, oh, do you like that what I'm doing right now? It could be, you know, I want to make sure that you like what I'm doing right now. You know, so it's kind of the angle that you're coming at. That sounds like it's coming from a place of confidence, which is sexy. Yeah, I actually found aggressiveness to be a turnoff in bed unless it's, yeah, with this space of like constant kind of consent. Because aggressive without the consent actually just makes me shut down and feel like, okay, I don't have a say in this anymore. Like, that's when I just check out. And I'm like, okay, this is just like another guy who doesn't actually care about my experience. He's just like aggressively wants his way. And it treads that line for me of like, well, I guess I just have to like shut off in some way, like disassociate from this experience because it doesn't feel comfortable. So it sounds like for all of you, it's much more about being assertive, mm -hmm. checking in, do you enjoy this, mm -hmm. but not as much about the aggressiveness in terms of aggressive being like he's getting his way. Yeah. Is there a piece of, I'm guessing, aggressiveness being like rough play or things like that that you like? Or is that just not stuff you're into, which I can relate to? I like to wrestle, like just like fun wrestle, mm -hmm. um, especially when I'm getting to know someone. But I would say that ag aggressiveness or like that that piece of like not needing consent actually would only come for me after I'd been with someone for so long that I could like really trust them. Yeah. So aggressiveness without trust to me just doesn't make sense. Yeah. <clears throat> I feel like it has to come with a package of trust and consent and depending on what you're doing, um, aftercare or whatever, aggressiveness on its own without that context, that's scary to me. But when it's kind of packaged with these other components you know, that we mentioned consent and all that i like it when it yeah when it's appropriate and consensual yeah rate your sex drive compared to the average woman's obviously this is a little bit heady but just to give the listeners a sense well i so i recently read um you know uh, <laughs> there's this book god has you take this quiz to kind of understand your sex drive in comparison mm. to other women's I thought that was super interesting because it has you talk about, you know, like these two systems of sexuality where one is your brakes and one is your gas. Yes. Right? The SES, SIS systems. I yes. can't think of the woman who wrote Emily, Dr. Emily, someone. But I remember reading that and being kind of shocked that I have a high brake system and a high sex drive. Yeah. And so it's like these two systems are both really high. So I was, I was shocked to find that I had a high sex drive, but that the things that would prevent me from having a sex drive were also really high. And so they kind of felt like they counterbalanced each other. It's like you have to tease out all the things that get in the way of the high sex drive before the high sex drive can actually exist. Yeah. Um, That's actually part of what's powerful about that system. Yeah. Would you say you're a low sex drive, medium, high? Sometimes it's easy to think, you know, do you tend to be pushing your partner away saying, you know, I don't want sex. Do you tend to have your partner pushing you away where they're saying, I don't want to have sex and you do. It's sort of, that's what I'm trying to get at. Do you have a sense of where you're at on that scale? Medium? Yeah, I would say medium. I guess I feel pretty medium too. How do you like to discuss fantasies that aren't mainstream or might have sensitivities attached to them? Well, I think leading with vulnerability, like we've already said, is such a turn on. <laughs> Helps a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so what would that look like? Like how would um, a man, or for that matter, how would you be yeah. saying, you know, I have this fantasy that's kind of... 
I'm a little bit embarrassed about it or like I'm not mm-hmm. really sure how to talk to you about it because I feel a little bit of ashamed. Um, kind of setting it up with like, this is what's going on for me before talking yeah. about it helps a lot. Like I've had, I had a partner who was really into bestiality, but the way he approached talking about it was that he literally, I just like, he was just watching it all the time. And I was kind of like, okay, like what's actually going on? Like I would walk in with him watching it and that was like, obviously not an an appropriate or healthy way to talk about a fantasy he had. Um, and then another partner who had, a, you know, a fantasy, like a real foot thing. And I remember him like talking like, well, you know, it's this thing I feel like I don't even really understand in myself. And it just made everything feel so much easier mm-hmm. um, when they could actually just name their experience of it before talking about a big thing. Um, and then it was just fun to talk about like, okay, well, I'm a little bit ashamed of this because I like this thing. Ugh. Interesting. Yeah, I totally agree about creating that space, like, to talk about, you know, whatever fantasies you're having and kind of opening with, like, you know, however you feel. I feel nervous about this. Um, And then also opening it up for me to share as well, Um, you know, sharing your end. And then, you know, do you have anything Mm -hmm. that you've been wanting to explore? And I feel like creating that dialogue is a great way to talk about it. I think I totally agree with both of those opinions. And I also think that while that is true, it's important to understand that the gravity with which you speak is going to be reciprocated. Yes, you should say how you feel, but if you make it into this huge, huge, huge deal, then it could be received on the other end as this huge, huge, huge deal. So I think there's kind of a balance there. Making it comfortable. Yeah, just making it comfortable. Not like- <laughs> yeah, because if you hype it up a lot, then it can kind <laughs> oh, of yeah. be like, what, okay, what are you about to tell me? This is making me nervous. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. It's like yeah. nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so having, uh, you're saying essentially like having some connection around it, but not getting to the point like, I have to tell you something really scary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I have a foot fetish and you're like, so what's the scary thing? Right. Like, I'm still waiting. <laughs> How long is your ideal sex session? This is in the question. The in and out (laughs) portion, not the foreplay. What is the minimum amount of time that is satisfactory? (laughs) In and out portion? Yeah, that's in the question. I'm not kidding. not foreplay? Yes. Because here's the last piece of the question that I didn't get to. Conversely, how much time before it's too long? I think I read somewhere that the average amount of time that somebody, people have sex, it's somewhere between 10 and 20 minutes, like the actual like penetration. Yeah. And I would honestly Um, say focus on the ideal. Yeah. But yeah, they're kind of wondering like, what's the, what's the envelope? Somewhere between like 15 and 30 minutes. It's hard to know because when you're doing that kind of thing, time kind of becomes this (laughs) time and space. Just getting like, nods all around. Yeah. Right. 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 Wait, so this is asking the minimum? So this is, is this is basically wait. saying what's what's your ideal? And then also what's the minimum and like what's the maximum? <laughs> and to add a little bit of clarity to this, I have definitely talked to men where they take a very long time to reach climax. Yeah. And so their partners are complaining about sex being too long. Mm. I've also talked to men that it's the opposite and they don't last very long. Well, I feel like I'm kind of becoming a little disillusioned around penetrative sex as it is. 
just this mm-hmm. idea that sex happens as soon as penis is in vagina. Yeah. Um, so a part of me is a little, like, disillusioned by even this conversation because, yeah. well, what's too much and too long? Well, it so depends on that day. Like, maybe that day sex doesn't involve penis in the vagina, and it goes for, like, four hours instead, right? Like, we're just, like, core play or having sex, and it doesn't have to always include penetration. So if I'm talking about just sex, like there's no amount of time that's too long when it means like having fun and being in pleasure together. Um, when it's penis and vagina, sometimes I just get a little like after about, yeah, 20 minutes or so, it's like, this isn't my main stimulus. Like I'm most likely not going to climax from this. So this is about you. So I'm doing this to make you happy sometimes. So I need you to kind of also gauge when it's too long as well. Like we're in it together type of thing. And when you say, I need you to gauge, are you saying you want him to kind of read when you're sort of done, or are you wanting him to read when he's taking too long? I want it to be a conversation cool. between both of us yeah. around, like, how long, like, are we still in this together? Like, how are you doing right now? How are you doing right now? Like, so there's no ideal because it's in that moment and relative, I think, with every single person every time. I agree with that. And just like the consideration around the woman, I think that there's there's just there's a lot in the in the feminine masculine narrative around guys just wanting to have sex with us. And it's all about them. Kind of what you were just talking about with, you know, okay, I'm kind of just doing this for you at some point. Right. On the one hand, you know, timing does matter. But on the other hand, you know, being considerate of the woman and you're actually you know like going down on her and like care you know maybe you have sex for I don't know three minutes and you know maybe that's not ideal but if that's what happens then what you do is you then go down on her and you make sure she comes you know we're not as harsh on you as you think we are I guess is what I'm saying especially if you're considerate of us and our pleasure thanks I think that's a good... Yeah, that's definitely a great (laughs) quote. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for listening to What She's Thinking. Please remember to subscribe, and to help other men find the podcast, please write a review on iTunes. To get your questions answered, go to debugdating.com slash questions and send them in. And finally, I'd love to hear your feedback on the show, ideas for what you'd like to hear, and anything else that you'd like to tell me please email me at greg at debugdating.com. God, your makeup looks so good. Thanks. Casual. <laughs> Casual. I was hanging out with my other makeup artist friend, and we were like, let's just like... Yeah, I was very impressed with the, particularly eye makeup thank when you, you walked in. I was like, wow. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. It, yeah, casual Sunday. She's yeah. profesh, so you should be impressed. <gasps>